Hello, podcast listeners. This is your one and only Koba. Okay, I know I have not posted in a long time. It's just been super busy. I have most of it written down on paper till chapter 8, a scene which <laughs> none of you guys know about. But I have it till written chapter 8. I'm trying my best to write on the document, but when I write on the document, I just write it more detailed. And because I want to write Keelan's end because there is a lot more to go in this story. Trust me, I swear the story will end up to be like what? 2-400 pages. Like already I just wrote till chapter 7 like a few pages and I've written 94 pages. So, yeah. I'm just going to give like a little side comment in here saying I have never in my life have heard the word hope. You got me right there. Hope. So many times in one paragraph and I'm sitting here be like isn't that too much hope? Too much will? Be like hello and you guys might be thinking the same thing like stop it with the hope like I've had enough. I don't need to hear more hope hope hope. Like hello, hope. So, yeah, because I wanted to get it done and over with before I go to bed, I took out some time to write a few pages like 1 2 3 pages and then go to bed. So, yeah, here you go, your final part of chapter 6, part 3, final part and after this comes chapter 7. So, I hope you enjoy. Here you go. Kilo and Zen walked in silence for a little while. Zen stopped and looked up at the sky. The clouds darkened the sky as the sun slowly went down. It's getting dark, said Zen. We should stop and make camp for the night. Kilo nodded. Should we spend the night under the stars or in a cave? Zen was fine with any decision. I guess we should go looking for a cave. Okay. Kilon then searched for shelter. When they stumbled upon a cave. Zen, look, a cave. Where? Right at the head, said Kilo. They walked up to a circular cave that looked like an igloo. The rocks on the outside looked like the back of a crocodile. The inside, however, looked smooth, but bumpy. They both went inside. Kilon Zen set their bags down and split their jobs for that night. "So," said Kilo, "do you want to get the firewood or set up the camp?" Zen didn't mind doing any, so he decided to set up the camp. "I'll set up the camp." Okay, I'll go looking for some wood. Kilo went out, not that far, and picked up a bunch of branches that had fallen off their tree. Kilo brought the branches back and set it down. 
Zen grabbed two rocks and started scraping them together, super fast. Soon, a spark came and caught the branches on fire. Where did you learn to start a fire like that? asked Kilo. Zen looked up, the flames lit bright, dancing in variant waves of red, orange, and yellow. Andrew taught me when we went camping in our backyard. Kilo looked over at him. He must be feeling so sad after seeing Andrew like that. Although his sister was mean, his dad was there for him to make him feel more part of the family. Andrew could tell that Zen had been through a lot, so he wanted Zen to feel loved, that he had a purpose of being alive, that he should treasure every moment of his life. And now, the man that had given the most love out of everyone in the whole world is half dead, and no one knows if he's alright or not. Kilo wanted to make him feel better, but he knew that his words couldn't change the fact that Andrew is still hurt. But so is Zen. Hey, it's okay, said Kilo, in a soft and comforting voice. Although we don't know if he's alright, he wanted you to stay safe. Even if we had stayed, what difference would it have made? We would have been captured and Andrew would still be hurt and alone. But we ran. So if it's safe to come back one day, we can take care of him. But for now, all we can do is hope. And hope is the exact thing that we need right now to get out of this alive. Kila sat down beside Zen and put his hand on his shoulder. He sent him a warm smile. It had always been a habit of Kilo's to help those in need and to always believe in hope. Whether it's helping someone who is in trouble or is hurt physically or mentally, Kilo always wants to help. He first reminds them of what he has, hope. Then he gives them what that person would want most at that moment. Love. Kilo always believes in hope, always had believed in hope, and always will believe in hope. Even when it seems all hope is lost. No hope is ever lost for Kilo. Hope is the exact thing that made Kilo the person he is today. Kilo believes that hope keeps a person going. Hope and will. The will to do something. If you have the will for something to happen, it will. But if there is no will, neither hope, then nothing will ever happen. Because when there's a will, there's a way. Zen was about to say something when they heard a low and eerie growl echo through the cave. Little rocks from on top of the cave fell off as the sound bounced around. They both froze, 
and stared at each other. You heard that, r- right? Asked Kilo. Definitely. Uh, I think it came from inside the cave. Just then, out from the cold and dusty dark, came out a snout, then a face, then a whole body. Kilo and Zen froze in shock. A dragon with large, sharp claws. Its skin looked fire red with orange and yellow. Its sharp teeth stuck out of the uh, out of the sides of its mouth like a vicious crocodile. Its skin was rough and bumpy, but burning hot by the fire of anger rising up from inside of it. Its horns reached out of its head like thick branches from a tree. It sneered at Kilo and Zen, furious they had come in and wakened it. The dragon roared so hard, the flames went out. Kilo and Zen screamed as the dragon leaped at them. They both jumped in opposite directions, missing the dragon's teeth just by inches. The dragon pulled its jaws from out of the ground and roared at Zen. It ran towards him in a flashed and jumped on top of him. The dragon pressed its hand on Zen's chest and right beside his head. The dragon opened its mouth wide as light began to come out from deep inside of it. It was going to shoot fire on him. Zen tried to break free from the dragon's grip, but it was too strong for him. Kilo, who had slowly ran to the other side of the cave, where their stuff were, took out both their metal water bottles and began to bang them together. The dragon began to screech as his head filled with pain and dizziness. The dragon let go of Zen and held on to its head, roaring. Zen quickly got up and ran to the other side of the cave where Kilo was. Hurry and grab her stuff. I'm not sure how long the sound will affect him. Zen did as he was told and began to grab their stuff. They hadn't fully unpacked their stuff yet, so it was quick to grab. The dragon roared and snapped its head at Kilo as the sound's effect slowly weared off. Oh, magma flies. The dragon ran towards Kilo and Zen. Run! They both turned around and ran for the outside of the cave. But the dragon wasn't going to let them go that easily. The dragon bit Kilo's ankle. Kilo fell on his stomach and hit his face as well. He could feel the tension in his body as he couldn't breathe for a second. The pain in his ankle stinged like nothing else. It was so sharp and painful that it became hard to know what to do next. Everything seemed confusing to him. Just as his mind cleared, he realized he was being dragged into the cave. Kilo! Zen! Zen ran and tried to pull Kilo out of the dragon's gift. Hold on, let me just... Ah! Wait, no, don't do that, it hurts! You're gonna rip my leg off! Zen let go as Kilo transformed into his were-dog form. Light blue fog danced around him 
and out came a white were-dog, the fur on his ankle covered in blood. Kilo leaned over as he was being dragged and bit the dragon's hand. The dragon roared and let go of Kilo. He found that as a perfect chance to escape. Kilo quickly ran, grabbed Zen by his shirt, and ran out of the cave as fast as his injured leg could run. The further he ran, the fainter the dragon's roaring became. He kept running till he couldn't run anymore. So they stopped by a patch of bushes. Kilo put Zen down and looked at him with fear on his face. That was a dragon's cave! Dragons are super protective of their homes! Zen looked at him. I didn't know dragons live in this part of the woods. They don't. Then why was the dragon here? Kilo looked at the sky in worry. The stars swarmed in his eyes like a river of lights. This part of the woods aren't sustainable for dragons' habitats, so it must have come here by force. But what could have been so scary that it forced a dragon like that to come here? Kilo detransformed and held onto his ankle. He hissed as the sharp pain became more unbearable. You're hurt, Zen said. Oh, yeah, but it's fine. We just need to find a med mushroom. It should be easy to find. They're known to be fam- famous on the east side of the country. We're heading south, but we're still on the east side of the border, so we should be able to find some. Zen nodded. Then how about you take this and sit down? You have to try and stop the blood so more doesn't come out, while I go looking for the med mushrooms. Zen handed Kilo a cloth so he could press it on his wound. Kilo sat down on the ground and rested his back on the on a rock. Are you sure you want to go looking for it alone? I, I can come if you want. Zen turned around and stared at him. What do you think I am? A baby? I can go in the woods alone. Besides, it's nothing to worry about. I won't even go that far. You don't need to act like Andrew and start worrying about the smallest things. Zen turned around and went looking for the med mushrooms, leaving Kilo behind to just sit on the floor and wait. Kilo took off the cloth and pulled his pants up a bit to look at the wound. He gagged at the sight of his swollen red flesh. He covered the nasty sight with the cloth and lightly squeezed it. Kilo stared at the bushes to where Zen had went into. Each second Kilo waited, the more frightened he became. The bounty is still on our heads, thought Kilo. Why is he taking so long? What if something happened to him? What if he's in trouble and not able to say anything because an Irea plant has him? What if he bumped into a bounty hunter? What if he's so badly hurt that he's on the bridge of dying? 
Kila flinched at the sound of bushes being pushed. He stared at the bushes of where Zen came out from. He sighed. He's all right. Zen, Kila looked at Zen's hand. He wasn't holding a bluish purple item. Instead, he was holding something that looked more like a vine. Could it be what Kila thought it was? Zen came and sat by him. I couldn't find the med mushroom, but instead, I found a Venarius vine. I know it won't be as effective and quick as the med mushroom, but the med mushroom would take only about an hour or so to fully heal your wound. But the Venarius vine would take at least three days to fully heal. Zen handed Kilo the Venarius vine. Kilo took off the cloth and wrapped the vine around his swollen ankle. Thank you said Kilo, as the vine magically tightened around his ankle and stick to him like glue. There's no need to thank me. I only helped you because I didn't know where you're taking me. And if you die, then I would be lost. If I knew where the place was, then I would have left you. Zen got up and picked their bags that were on the floor and took out the blankets Andrew had packed them. He grabbed some sticks and twigs and placed them in the center of their little camp. Kila thought to himself, Did Zen meant what he had just said? But Kila didn't think he did. Because if Zen really meant it, then he wouldn't have opened up to him even a bit. They shared their secrets a bit. So, Kilo thought that Zen didn't actually mean that. He probably just said that because it feels weird for him to talk comfortably with someone who knows what he's been through. Kilo knows that Zen is a kind person inside. He just has to let that kindness out without fear of someone hurting it. Kilo smiled. Yeah. He just needs help to do that. And I'll be there to help him. Thought Kilo. Zen made another fire and set up the whole camp by himself. Well, said Kilo, at least we get to see the pretty stars before we fall asleep. Zen didn't respond at Kilo's little side comment. He sat right next to the fire and pushed it around with the stick in his hand. Many minutes passed with utter silence. Zen looked over at Kilo, who seemed to be busy thinking about something. For some reason, Zen felt guilty for saying that to Kilo, but he didn't understand why he felt like that. He had said much ruder things to other people, including Kilo. So, why does he feel guilty now? It made no sense to him, and troubled him. It made him feel even worse that Kilo has not spoken since he said that. He felt like he should say something. But what? So, 
said Zen, as he pulled Kila out of his deep thoughts and caught his attention. By the looks of it, you know a lot about dragons. I mean, like, how did you know that banging our water balls together would disturb the dragon? Kilo's eyes clouded with deep blue smoke, blurring whatever thought that was behind them. Oh, yeah, there was actually a time where I used to be fascinated by dragons. I would study them, after my lessons with Auntie Barena, of course. But I wouldn't just study them out of books. Kilo smiled as his eyes became clear like a blue crystal. I actually used to go to their nest and study their lifestyle, habitats, and other dragons. Kilo chuckled a bit as he thought about the amount of fun he used to have when he did that. Zen stared at him and whispered to himself, Used to, huh? Eh? Kilo looked at him. Uh, nothing. Zen said as he tried to cover it up. So... Who's Auntie Brenna? Is she actually your aunt or something? Kilo hesitated. He thought to himself, Maybe it, it was better if I hadn't brought her up. But it's fine to talk about her to Zen, right? I just won't go too much into detail. Because if I do then I might just end up crying. Gosh. Well, Auntie Barana isn't actually my aunt, said Kilo. I just call her that because she's old. And she asked me to call her that. I was actually going to call her Mother Benny, but she said... She's too old to be called mother. Although she was only 34, and I was five when we met. But she still considered herself old. I wanted to call her Mother Benny because she took care of me like I was her son. And she was my mother. But I guess that name only brought back painful memories of her actual son. Zen had stopped fiddling with the fire and turned his body and attention to Kilo. Then, if she's not your aunt, why did she take care of you? Isn't your mother supposed to take care of you? And what do you mean by painful memories of her actual son? Kilo gulped. Well, Auntie Brenna's son was around... Our age. He's just two years older than us. Well, he would be if he was alive. He passed away at the age of seven because of a sickness that he had. There wasn't a single person or plant that could help with his sickness. It was a very, very rare sickness. I'm not sure if you heard about it, but it's called 
the red clover infection. Kilo fidgeted with his fingers. It sort of made him feel uncomfortable talking about it. It brought back painful memories of his own, as he remembered when Jackson was the first person he trusted, other than his family, with the same information he had told Zen. But in the end, he was bullied and exposed of between a specific group of kids. While Kilo sat in silence, thinking over what happened, Zen, on the other hand, was being busy thinking about the sickness. He could have sworn he heard that name before, but he just couldn't remember where. Well, then what's your relation with your Auntie Berena? Asked Zen. Kilo looked up and smiled, but for some reason, it looked like that smile was covering something sad. Zen could just sense it. Well, Auntie Berena was actually my mom's friend. She took care of me because at that time, my mother became very busy with her work. She was always called upon and she always had to leave. So because she would leave too frequently, she told me to stay with Auntie Berna at that time. That's partly why your dad couldn't find my address. I missed school for most of my life, so she homeschooled me. Once I was ready to go to school, which was this year, she let me go. Partly because she didn't have the strength to teach me anymore. Uh, but we live, we don't live in the town streets. We lived in an alleyway bakery. It's not popular or on the map. It's more like a hidden house. Only a few people know about it. So, I guess that's why Mr. Andrew, or the school, didn't know where I live. Zen frowned. What? asked Kilo. You can remember my dad ask about, ask, my dad asking you about your address, but you can't remember anything when I ask you? Were you faking it this whole time? Kilo jumped. He feared Zen had made had just made a misunderstanding. What? No, that's not it. Oh, really? I swear, I do forget sometimes, but I probably just don't remember because you bring the question out of nowhere. For example, if we're talking about cheese, you would ask me a question like, why were you running down the hall? Out of nowhere. Obviously, I wouldn't understand. It's not my fault. I just remembered because the topic was sort of related to when Mr. Andrew asked me where I live. I swear. Kilo yelled as he closed his eyes and moved his, his hands up and down and round and round. Liar! Zen said, I'm not, I swear! Zen stared at him, then looked down, and began to laugh. You should really see the look on your face right now. Kilo froze. He didn't understand what was going on anymore. Why was Zen laughing? What? What? What do you mean? Zen chuckled. I was just saying that for fun, just to tease you. 
Man, you're fun to tease. Maybe I should do it more often. Kilo frowned and crossed his arms. <laughs> you actually scared me there. I thought you were creating a misunderstanding. But you were just teasing me. Seriously? And that's not funny. Stop laughing. I actually got scared. Zen chuckled a bit more, then sighed. Alright, fine. I'll stop. But, are you hungry? Kilo looked at him and pouted. You really think I'm, I'll forgive you just like that? Den Zen didn't really seem to be bothered by what Kilo was saying. Okay, so I'll take that as a no. Kilo jumped. Wh what? I never said that. Then it's a yes. Kilo frowned. It's a fine. Zen took out a sandwich that Andrew had packed and handed one to Kilo and took one himself. They both ate in silence, and they both laid down to sleep in silence. They both laid their backs on the cold and damp earth beneath them. They both looked at the stars that danced in the dark night sky. The stars flashed into Kilo and Zen's eyes, making it look like a river of lights. Kilo looked over at Zen and said, Good night. Zen looked at him, his eyes crystal clear, and said, Good night. He turned around and faced the other way, and so did Kilo. Soon after counting sheep in his head, Kilo drifted off into a sweet ride to Dreamland. Well, podcast listeners, that is the end! Official end of chapter 6, hooray!